Hello and welcome to A Value View from the Merchants Trust. In each edition, Simon Gurgle, Fund Manager at the Merchants Trust, offers his thoughts on developments affecting the UK market and what it means for investors. Simon, welcome to the podcast, produced remotely again. I'm at home, you're at home. It's been nearly three months since the last edition of A Value View and much has happened since then. So before we start, how are you? How are you keeping in all of this? Hello, John. Good to speak to you again. Um, yes, very well, thank you. And uh, getting used to, I think, as, as you say, it's been about three months now, getting used to working with the children around and the pets around. But uh, we're, we're coping fine. Uh, one of my colleagues actually went into the office this week for the first time in about three months. So we are starting to consider moving back into the office, but we're not quite at that stage yet. But um, all the functions of the company, all the um, investment processes and so on are carrying on um, remotely, as, as is most of uh, the service industry, really. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're well and, and keeping well. Uh, the focus for this edition of A Value View, Simon, is is on something that many investors are very concerned about at this time, and that's namely income. So, so let's start with the global market as a whole. We've seen some reliable dividend players cutting their dividends in the last few months. What has happened to income, both at a market and a company level at this at this particularly difficult time? Well, it's a good question and one that we're very closely monitoring. We have seen, as you say, significant dividend cuts across the market. If you take the UK market, probably 40 to 50% of companies will end up having cut their dividend or the, the payout for the overall market might be down by 40% plus for their entire year. So we are seeing a significant cut in expectations. And I think there's two types. There's the companies that are going through a, a temporary problem because in, in many cases their business has been shut down if you're a retailer if you're a travel company a hotel uh, in many cases you've had virtually zero revenue coming through the books in the last few months so you've had to conserve cash and 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 therefore dividend payments are something that's, that we've seen shelved for many companies and on top of that i think there are companies that are using the opportunity of a more difficult environment to reset their dividend policy we've seen both of those take place this year we do think this is pretty much a 12 to 18 month phenomenon. Companies have passed their dividends often for the 2019 final dividend. And they'll probably, those companies that need to, will will pass or cancel their dividends for the whole of 2020. And then as we get into 2021, we'll start to see many of those dividends come back. So I think clearly the areas that are most affected are travel and leisure sectors like airlines, hotels, uh, retail, obviously. Many industrial companies have had significant drops in activity many services companies, house building has, has been stopped. And then other areas, we've seen uh, significant reductions in the oil and gas sector, um, telecom sector, we've seen one or two cuts. So it, it varies. There are other industries that are more resilient, like food producers, um, tobacco has been quite resilient, although we have had a cut there from one of the companies. Um, so there's, there's a bit of a varied picture, but we are seeing pretty heavy cuts in certain areas. And, and as I say, many of those, I think, will be a 12 to 18 month phenomenon. And, and given, Simon, the large number of dividend cuts, particularly in the UK stock market, do you think that the UK equities are perhaps too narrow, too undiversified at the moment? Well, it's an interesting question. I think UK companies have historically placed a high um, a high, high value on, on paying dividends and, and investors in the UK have have expected and wanted 
reasonable dividends from, from more mature companies. But I think in terms of diversification of the UK market, actually we're pretty we're pretty diversified as a market. The UK is the biggest market stock market in Europe. It's significantly smaller than the US or Japan, but it still represents about 20, 21% of the European market overall. And we're broadly diversified across many industries such as pharmaceuticals, finance, industrial services, oil and gas, mining. The, the areas that the UK has less exposure to, the big one is technology. Uh, many of our technology companies have been taken over over the previous years and also automotive. So we don't have many car producers listed in the UK, but actually as a market, it's pretty diversified. What you do see though, is we've got quite an exposure to high income areas. And, and, and as we said earlier, many of those have, have cut their dividends. And what about the financial players? Um, the, the UK stock market has a, a lot of banks, for example. How do you think they're going to cope given the added financial strain in keeping the, the UK economy and, and businesses more broadly afloat? Well, it's a really interesting question. The good thing about the banking sector is it's in far stronger position than it was going into the last recession, which was the great financial crisis. Before that that time, banks had a high level of leverage and, and less capital. Because of the changes the regulators have made to the banking sector post the financial crisis, we now have a very strongly capitalised banks system and much lower leverage. So they've gone into this in quite a strong position. To date, the, the actual achieved bad debt levels aren't too bad because people, consumers generally are not spending a lot of money. They're not able to spend much money. Many activities are shut down. And because of the furlough schemes, most people's wages and salaries are broadly maintained, even if they're reduced a little bit. So actually, people bad debts, bad debts of banks have not picked up in the way that you would normally expect at this stage of the recession. But we do expect bad debts to get worse. But at least the banking system is well capitalised and should come through it. We are on the, on the negative side. We are seeing, of course, dividend cuts from the banks. The Bank of England has told the banks to to cut their dividends and not, and not pay dividends this year. So. We've seen forced dividend cuts from the banks. But in terms of their financial position, it's actually quite strong. The effects of the coronavirus pandemic and the recession will continue to hit banks for many months, probably years into the future. But at least the financial strength of the banks is, 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 is good um, at, at this point because of their, um, their capital position. So more broadly, uh, with all this in mind, Simon, how is the Merchants Trust retaining a focus on income? Uh, and how is the Trust prepared to, to weather the, the economic storm that you mentioned that, that seems to be ahead? Well, again, that's a critical question for us. One of the key objectives of Merchants is to pay a high, high and rising dividend. I suppose there's two parts of, to this question. The first is when we look at portfolio companies and investments, we are taking an 18-month view on income. We, we've always, when we look at companies, looked about the dividend they can pay on a 12 to 18-month view in the future. So we're looking through the crisis to some extent and saying, what's going to happen to this company? How strong is the financial position? Can the company get through this particular period? And, and will it come out the other end in a, in, a, in a decent position? And then what is the impact on that business and that industry long term? So some industries like travel and leisure, some business travel, exhibitions, they could be severely impacted for, for potentially many years into the future. In fact, there could even be changes of behaviour. We need to understand that. Other businesses, it's more about a temporary shock. Take house building, 
temporarily closed many house building sites, but now they're getting back up, or up and running again. And we don't see a, a long-term impact on the housing market from, from the pandemic, whereas business travel is an area that might be more affected. So we're trying to understand the various trends in the different industries and look through and take an 18-month view at an individual company level on, on what a company will look like coming out of the crisis. I think at the trust level, as I said earlier, a key objective of merchants is to have a high and rising uh, dividend to shareholders. It's taken very seriously by the by the directors. We um, have gone into this crisis again in a, in a relatively strong position. The dividend was well covered by, by, by earnings last year of merchants. And we have significant reserves of around about a year's dividend in reserves, which, which the directors can use on, can draw on to continue paying and growing the dividend in, in difficult times. Our current view is that we're going to see a significant drop in our income received into the company, into merchants this year from the pandemic, a smaller drop next year, and then we should see a, a more significant recovery as we get into the third year, which is our 2021-22 financial year, because of the timing of when dividend payments are made by the companies we invest in. So that's the current the current view. And uh, But ultimately, dividends are, are a decision, decision for the directors, but clearly a a major major objective of merchants is to pay a high and rising dividend. And and you've mentioned uh, a, a move to invest in in more defensive plays and um, safer income sectors more recently. Can you give us a, a few examples of that in action, Simon? Yes. Well, one of the things we can do, of course, managing the portfolio is to reorientate it more towards companies where dividends are safer and industries where income is, is more reliable. And we have done that to some extent in the last few months. So we've added to areas like utilities, like food producers, where dividends generally are more secure. Uh, we've also introduced um, investments in the telecom sector. We, we've had very little in, in telecoms for a while. We felt that telecoms had been a bit of a value trap and, and the share prices of telecom companies have come down a, a huge way in the last four or five years. But now we're at a level where valuation are really quite attractive again. We've seen, we're starting to see consolidation in the industry. We're starting to see slightly fewer regulatory hurdles, like we had with the mobile roaming charges came down across Europe. We're getting to the end of that process. And if anything, regulators and politicians now are keen to see the rollout of fibre to consumers. I think broadband, particularly with people working at home and businesses are working remotely, governments have realised how important it is to have effective broadband communications and effective telecoms infrastructure. So we're starting to see signs of an improving regulatory environment for telecom companies and perhaps slightly less competition because of the consolidation going on in the industry. And I think that's an interesting combination. Put that together with, with robust cash flows and I think you get uh, an interesting income story developing in the telecoms area, just to give one example. But um, there are now other companies and other sectors that we are looking to put more money into, uh, such as telecoms, as I said. But um, that, there, are, there are plenty of opportunities in the UK market still to buy good companies with, with a good income. And Simon, you raise a great point there about changing behaviour, referring there to the telecoms sector. But are there any longer term impacts as a result of COVID-19 that investors seeking income need to consider? Could, could we see a permanent shift in behaviours as a result of the lockdown and the virus, just as, as you've suggested already with the telecom sector? Well, this is one of the critical areas that we are asking 
our analysts and um, our colleagues to look at and try to understand for industries going forward is what changes will there be. Some of them, I think, are more obvious than others. I, I think most businesses are realizing they can do more remotely. They don't necessarily have to travel as much. I've certainly spoken to the chief executive of one company who is going to spend a lot less time on an aeroplane and a lot more time in his office and, and speaking to people remotely because it's more effective and more efficient. So business travel uh, exhibitions, we think, might be significantly changed in the future. There's going to be a greater shift. There has been a greater shift to online retailing, and some of that will stick, undoubtedly. But industries like catering are interesting. Offices, how will people use offices in the future? There may be less demand for people to be in the offices, but equally there may be greater distancing, social distancing within offices. So the actual demand for space is a bit of a un unanswered question at the moment in, in offices. And I think demand for more more modern space rather than older space will also grow. So we are we are asking these questions and looking industry by industry, business by business. There are a number of companies where we think the business the, the industry will change actually. Um, but there's equally many others where I think, although t although there'll be temporary changes, long term, we don't think necessarily people's uh, um, people's behaviours will change. So if you take pubs and restaurants, clearly social distancing is going to be an issue for the for the short to medium term. But long term, I think people will still want to get together with their friends and 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 colleagues where, where appropriate, and, and go to restaurants and bars and um, and entertainment venues. So I don't think that's a long term structural problem in the way that it might be more of a temporary issue. So, so lots of different opportunities there that you're outlining, Simon. Uh, as a value investor, uh, how do you feel then, um, big picture question here at the end, Simon, about, about the, the future, the coming six months, 12 months for, um, for the, the, the trust? How confident are you feeling? Well, it's, it's a really good time to be a value investor. The polarisation in the market is extreme. We've never seen, actually, certainly not in 40 or 50 years, the current level of dispersion between valuations of companies. So there are opportunities to buy some really interesting, attractive businesses with strong franchises on very modest valuations. And equally, there are parts of the market that we're just not interested in. We think about 45% of the market is on a price earnings ratio of over 20. Now, some of those earnings are depressed, so you would expect the valuations to be to be higher because you're looking at depressed profits. But there's large parts of the market we're not interested in. But equally, there are many other companies we can find that are really very attractive at the moment from a valuation point of view. So it's an exciting time to be a value investor. We have to navigate the current economic environment, which is clearly quite problematic and difficult. But we think coming out of this, that there's a good opportunity to make money in, in many companies. Okay, Simon, we're, we're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. And thank you for listening to A Value View from the Merchants Trust, where we bring you topical news affecting UK equity markets. And you can find out more about the Merchants Trust by going to merchantstrust.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. And from all of us at the Merchants Trust, stay safe and well. <laughs>